Welcome back to Bootability, a weekly interview series about the amazing ability people have to change our lives and the world if we're brave enough to tap into it. I'm your host, Jihee Jolly. First, Happy New Year to everyone. We've made it to 2021, and this is our fourth month producing Bootability. So thank you so much for all the feedback, messages, and ideas you've been sharing with us, and please keep them coming. As promised, Today we're answering three of your questions, which were submitted to us by voicemail over the last couple of weeks. We were delighted to receive many more messages than we could answer in one episode, so if yours wasn't chosen, don't worry, we'll definitely be addressing them all as we choose topics for future episodes. Today, we're covering three questions that we felt could be answered succinctly through Buddhist study. Before I play them for you, here's a quick overview if you're new here. SGI Nichiren Buddhism is a form of Mahayana Buddhism based on the practice of chanting Nam-myoho-renge-kyo, which is the title of the Lotus Sutra. Its most fundamental teaching is that all people have everything they need within them to be happy, which on this show is what we call our Buddha ability. Practically speaking, this ability consists of unlimited reserves of courage, wisdom, and compassion that help you navigate your life, and chanting helps you bring it out consistently. Based on this, we take action to solve our own problems, to care for our loved ones, and to change the world. And on this show, we talk to people of all walks of life who are doing exactly that. In addition to chanting, as Buddhists, we try to study consistently. The writings of Nichiren Daishonin, who created the practice of chanting in the 13th century, and the writings of our mentors in the SGI. In particular, Daisaku Ikeda, who together with an amazing grassroots network of practitioners, expanded the SGI from Japan to throughout the world. Everything I reference on this show is accessible digitally or in book form, and today we'll primarily be studying from a book by Ikeda called Discussions on Youth, as well as articles from SGI USA's publications, bootability.org and worldtribune.org. Now, let's get into today's questions. Here's our first message from Melody. Hi, my name is Melody. I'm in San Antonio, Texas, and I'm really grateful for the opportunity to ask a question. I'm new to the practice. I've I've been practicing daily since the summertime, even though I was introduced to this Buddhism a little over 20 years ago. Um, I would try, just couldn't get it to stick. It felt really foreign, but I really feel great now. This feels so right to me, and I'm, I'm really grateful to have it. Um, how, what do you do with fear of asking for things that you want? I I have found a deep fear. I can't get to budge that's deep down inside me when I think about what I'd like to achieve or attain, like a goal, like I really, really would like to buy a house for my family. I'm 41. I'm very ready to put down some roots, but I'm afraid if I chant, say, for example, for a house, it will happen, but it will cost me something dear and terrible, like one of my children or the best, this job I have, which is the best I've ever had, or it will cost me something like I will get what I asked for, but that something will be taken away to keep it evened out, so to speak, you know, um, it's, I can't get it to budge. I, I was raised Catholic with a lot of guilt and, um, taught that, I think that the things I was taught as a child are where this fear comes from. Even so, I understand that it's there and where it comes from, but I can't move it. I would love to hear some advice or wisdom on this. Thank you so much. 
It's probably helpful to start this one with a quick explanation of a Buddhist concept known as earthly desires are enlightenment. In short, Nichiren Buddhism teaches us that we can use our struggles or desires as catalysts for our enlightenment. Here's some context. Early Buddhist teachings explained that human beings suffer due to our earthly desires, which are various cravings, attachments, illusions, and destructive impulses. Therefore, in order to be freed from suffering and attain enlightenment, it was thought that one had to extinguish all their earthly desires. That's not always so practical, though. In Nichiren Buddhism, which we strive to practice and share in the most accessible way possible, we believe it's an undeniable fact that as long as people are alive, they will continue to have desires, illusions, and impulses. The role that these desires play in our lives, however, is what matters most, and that we have power over. Nichiren Daishonin once wrote, When Nichiren and his followers recite the words nam myoho renge kyo they are burning the firewood of earthly desires, summoning up the wisdom fire of bodhi or enlightenment. In other words, our desires, our goals, our attachments are concrete things that can motivate us to chant. And by chanting, we inevitably tap into our bootability, bringing forth the wisdom to create value from our desires and impediments. What's more, when we practice Buddhism, the nature of our desires also starts to change. I've talked to so many people who chant, and they have often shared that when they start out, they build up confidence in themselves and their practice by achieving personal goals. But over time, their respect for and desire to care for others grows just as much as their own self-worth. This transformation is what we call human revolution. And this is what it means to turn our earthly desires into enlightenment. Your desires are fuel for your growth, and your growth is fuel for your ability to care for and believe in others. There's no guilt in Buddhism. Accepting and treasuring ourselves just the way we are is the key to everything. So chant for whatever is in your heart without any fear or hesitation. And if you just can't get past it, then chant to use your life to encourage others by demonstrating your own bootability. To do so, you need three things. The courage to keep going when it gets tough, the wisdom to see things clearly and know what practical action to take, and faith, belief in yourself and belief in the power of your practice. For this reason, goals and concrete desires against which to test your practice are so important. In summary, here are Ikeda's words on it. He writes, Through chanting nam myoho renge kyo, we burn the firewood of our earthly desires. I guess you could say that earthly desires are transformed into enlightenment by nam myoho renge kyo. When we chant nam myoho renge kyo, our problems and sufferings all turn into energy for our happiness, into fuel for our advancement. Problems come in all shapes and sizes. You may have some personal problem. You may be wondering how to help your parents live long and fulfilling lives. Or you may be worried about a friend who is sick or depressed, wishing for that person's recovery. On a different level, you may be deeply concerned about the issue of world peace and its realization, or humankind's direction in the coming century. These are very noble concerns. Through chanting nam myoho renge kyo, you can turn all these worries and concerns into fuel to propel yourselves forward. You can transform them into life force, into greater depth of character, and into good fortune. I hope you will seriously concern yourselves with many things, chant abundantly, and strive in your personal growth as you do so. 
Faith means setting goals and working to realize each one. If we view each goal or challenge as a mountain, faith is a process whereby we grow with each mountain climbed. Now let's hear our second question from Kyle. Hello, Buddhability. My name is Kyle Maharlika. I live in Miami, Florida. My question is about helping others develop their character. So I feel that for me, it's quite, I don't know, I, I have a routine. I have like my usual routine of reading, studying, uh, chanting, doing all the things. When it comes to cultivating a sense of freedom and independence and that rhythm that really allows people to grow in others, I have a lot of trouble with getting folks to, or getting people who are very close to me, like my family or my very close friends or partner or whomever, to basically believe in themselves and their goals. I do offer a lot of encouragement, um, but it seems like I usually get stuck somewhere and not really sure what to say or do. So how can we cultivate that same seeking spirit in others or is it not possible? And do they need to cultivate it? <laughs> um, that's my question. Thank you. First of all, this is such a moving question to even be so concerned about friends and family to be asking it. And for starters, I wouldn't underestimate what chanting for your loved ones can do. Similar to the last question, whatever is in our heart, and in this case, it sounds like that's the well-being and happiness of your loved ones, chanting sincerely for their happiness is the best place to start. In terms of taking action, Buddhism teaches that we cannot change other people. We can only change ourselves. But because of the principle that all life is interconnected, when we change, we'll definitely see it reflected in our environment and the people in it. But, kind of like Kyle, this is something I personally get stuck on a lot. Sometimes, even if we have the purest intentions for someone's happiness, we can come at them thinking we know what's best for them and how they should live their life. And in the process, we stop treasuring them for who they are right now because our sights have become set on who or how we want them to be. When I'm stuck in that place, I love going back to these words from Ikeda in Discussions on Youth. He writes, True concern for others manifests itself as unconditional friendship. To be kind means that the more someone is suffering, the more love you show that person. It gives you the courage to help another stand up. And it means recognizing another person's unhappiness for what it is, trying to understand and share that person's suffering. This will enable you to grow and at the same time help the other person become strong. Kindness means training ourselves in the art of encouraging others. The important thing is not just pitying others, but understanding what they're going through. Empathy is crucial. Sometimes having someone who understands can give us the strength to go on. Certainly, there's no knowing how another will respond. Sometimes your sincere intentions will be completely rejected, or you may be laughed at or even ridiculed. But turning around and getting mad at the person you're trying to help does nobody any good. 
Letting fear paralyze you is foolish too. What matters is what you want to do. You must have the courage to follow your instincts when it comes to helping people. Your life will expand only as much as you take action on behalf of others, regardless of how they may react toward your kindness. Kindness equals strength. So the more kind toward others you are, the stronger you will become. In terms of the interconnection between people and what that means for human relationships, he continues. The bamboo groves of autumn are gorgeous. Each bamboo tree stands independently, growing straight and tall toward the sky. Yet in the ground, out of sight, the roots of each tree are interconnected. In the same way, true friendship is not a relationship of dependence, but of independence. It is the enduring bond that connects self-reliant individuals, comrades who share the same commitment on a spiritual dimension. Friendship is also determined by the way we live our lives. So, in short, chant for whatever is in your heart and for the happiness of the people you love, and don't underestimate the impact it can have on your loved ones. In the process, you'll manifest the wisdom to know what you can do differently, and you'll change into an even more wonderful person capable of encouraging virtually anyone. Now let's move on to our last question from Elizabeth. Hi, Bootability. My name is Elizabeth. I am active duty military stationed overseas, and I actually just started listening to your podcast today, which happens to be the deadline uh, for the question, end of your questions. Um, I have been a practicing Buddhist since I actually went to basic training back in 2016. Uh, I've always kind of believed in Buddhist teachings, but I never really found a specific one that struck with me until I found SGI in the Nichiren Daishonin Buddhism. Um, and in tech school, I actually met my one of my best friends, Andrew, who has been a lifelong uh, practicing SGI Buddhist. So my question is, um, Andrew and I always joke that we're, quote, bad Buddhists because we don't really do our daily chants and such. We do uh, kind of live in the teachings and the uh, kind of positivity of the of the Nishin Daishin in Buddhism and we definitely when we're frustrated at work together we'll definitely do our little chanting there but um I, my question is just you know if you live by the teachings you live by the general moral ideas but you don't necessarily do your daily chanting does that necessarily mean that you are a bad Buddhist or is it okay to still I guess practice without doing the verbal practice every day I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> um, but yeah, I hope that maybe this gets chosen and my friend Andrew and I can freak out <laughs> hearing our voices on the show. And uh, I hope that you guys can have some sort of answer to help us kind of uh, further our self-revolution. Thank you. Bye. So I love this question. And no, Elizabeth and Andrew, there are no bad Buddhists. Ikeda says that even simply having the desire to learn about Buddhism, improve ourselves, and contribute to the well-being of others in any form is incredibly noble and praiseworthy. And when it comes to the actual daily practice, it's not easy for anyone. He writes, Though you might aspire to chant every day, you may not be as consistent as you'd like. Buddhists don't believe in guilting people into practicing. 
we're more interested in helping you cultivate a practice that feels the most comfortable and sustainable. So for everyone listening who can relate to this question, whether you're brand new and chanting just feels weird, or you've been practicing a while and consistency is still hard, you're not alone. Ikeda goes on. So please put your mind at ease. Nichiren Daishonin says that chanting nam myoho kyo even once contains limitless benefit, so you can imagine the immense benefit you will obtain when you continue to recite the sutra and chant nam myoho kyo morning and evening. Basically, you do both for yourself. Reciting the sutra and chanting nam myoho kyo is not an obligation, it's a right. But for those of you who are wondering whether to chant at all, here's a take on why you might want to try to. He explains, Reciting the sutra is a daily activity in which we purify and prime our hearts and minds. In the morning, it is starting the engine for our day, like grooming ourselves before we set out for the day. Some people have powerful engines and some have weak engines. The strength of the engine dramatically affects what we accomplish throughout the course of our lives. The difference can be enormous. Diligently applying ourselves in our daily practice of the sutra recitation boosts the power of our engine. But, he says, still, we shouldn't worry too much about how much or how little we're chanting, especially at first. He goes on, Nichiren writes nothing about the specific amount we should chant. It is entirely up to each individual. Faith is a lifelong pursuit, so there's no need to be unnecessarily nervous or anxious about how much you chant or to put unnecessary pressure on yourselves. Buddhism exists to free people, not to restrain them. Doing even a little bit every day is important. So basically, it's really up to you. But for those who are still wondering about what the difference is between chanting Nam Myoho Renge Kyo and just trying to live in accord with Buddhist philosophy, here is one of my favorite descriptions of what we're tapping into when we do chant. Ikeda writes, Buddhahood is an inexhaustible wellspring of infinite potential. You can draw from it and draw from it, and it will never run dry. And in the words of his mentor, Jose Toda, it's like lying sprawling on your back in a wide open space looking up at the sky. All that you wish for immediately appears. No matter how much you may give away, there is always more. It is never exhausted. Try and see if you can attain this state of life. So, while tapping into our bootability looks and feels a little different for everyone, and how much you chant is entirely up to you, even chanting a little is a way to access a state of life that one experiences rather than intellectually understands. And for those who are totally new and want to know how to chant, you can go to bootability.org and look up our how to chant video or find it on the Bootability YouTube as well. So here's a quick recap of today's questions and answers. First, don't be afraid to chant for anything that you want. It doesn't mean that you're selfish or something bad will happen as there's no guilt in Buddhism. Setting and achieving goals, however big or small, be they personal or for others, is a concrete way to develop your bootability step by step and gain great confidence in your own life. Over time, you'll find your compassion for others grows immensely in the process. And if you can feel with great conviction that you were able to change tough things in your life based on your practice, then you'll be able to encourage others that they can too. And that's the ultimate purpose of Buddhism. Second, 
While you can't change others, you definitely can chant for their happiness, and based on Buddhist study, challenge yourself to unconditionally believe in them and their lives, even if they can't do it for themselves just yet. In the long run, you will learn how to encourage anyone and how to accept people as they are, which, put together, becomes the formula for the most amazing relationships. And finally, don't worry if you can't chant consistently or it's hard for you. Just do your best, whatever that means to you, and take your time getting used to it. To Melody, Kyle, and Elizabeth, thank you so much for your honest questions. And to everyone else who submitted, we got so many amazing questions covering everything from anxiety, to how to confront karma, to how to deal with fear of failure, and we will be sure to address these in upcoming episodes this year. In the meantime, check out bootability.org for some incredibly inspiring stories and lots of tips. And if you want to submit your story or ask us a question, you can do so on the site or by finding us on social media at bootability. For podcast-specific suggestions, please email podcast at sgi-usa.org. Until then, Happy New Year to everyone, and we will see you next week.